Welcome to the Rhodes Community Podcast, a podcast series that gives a glimpse into the journey of being a Rhodes Scholar, whether that means settling into Oxford or finding ways to create a community despite navigating a global pandemic. We will be speaking about an array of topics, but first we'll begin by introducing ourselves. My name is Manfred Diol. My Rhodes identifier is Prairies and Keeble 2020. I'm a mechanical engineer studying at the Oxford Internet Institute in Social Sciences of the Internet. Hi, I'm Azat Yaspola, and my Rhodes identifier is Malaysia and St. Louis 2020, and I'm reading for the Masters in International Health and Tropical Medicine. And this is Anish Gavande, India and Brazenos 2020, reading for a Masters in Intellectual History. Today's episode is titled Inspiring Minds. Taken from the Rhodes Trust website, the coronavirus pandemic underscores the crucial need for thoughtful, public-spirited leaders who can collaborate across geographic and disciplinary borders to tackle complex global challenges. So this episode is a look into initiatives that scholars have started or observed in their communities to battle the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as other issues that are impacting our communities to spread awareness and to build resiliency. So what are some issues that you are currently passionate about and following? So some issues that's been important for me and I've been following is the political space in Malaysia and the public policy making space in Malaysia. Because I feel like right now, as someone who is very interested in global health and public health and advocacy in politics, it's such an interesting space because I feel like um, in the past, people have become a bit more detached in the feel of apathy with politics. It's usually the case. But with COVID-19 and a lot of the losses and the hardships been brought onto people's lives, people are a bit more engaged in the public policy making process. Um, and, and being in that space and trying to sort of in my little ways, platform voices or um, sharing stories have been very exciting for me. I agree, Azati. I think it's been, it's been interesting to navigate this complex space of politics, COVID and the causes we care about. I, like many other scholars, have come to the roads from a space of activism, and particularly this experience of moving to Oxford has been one that's, that's really made me think about ways in which I can stay connected to causes I care about back home while still devoting myself to academia and the work that I'm doing here. Just three months after we were selected for the roads, uh, we had a national lockdown in India that was brutal. Um, it was a complete lockdown. You could not move outside at all. The only thing you could go out and get were groceries. And amidst that, an organization that I run called Pinklist India, which is a political advocacy organization, had to switch gears completely from the sort of advocacy work that we did and get into COVID mode. And all that we were doing, I think, for almost four months was relief work, getting in touch with government agencies and getting relief to queer and trans folks, particularly sex workers who had no daily wages and therefore were in a precarious situation, providing sort of like care work to queer and trans folks stuck at home. It's so cool what Anish was talking about um, with his political advocacy work and trying to stay connected with things back home. Because for me personally, I've also um, started this movement of a new youth political party. So we started a new youth political party in Malaysia that really wants to champion youth voices and female voices in politics. And it was so exciting. It was just ramping up and to be now away from it 
is kind of like an odd situation, but also trying to find ways that I can support in the ways that I can from here. Like I've been um, publishing policy briefs, platforming voices as well, but definitely trying to stay connected to things back home is something that I'm very conscientious of. What about you, Manpreet? I think you nailed it there, how it can sometimes be challenging when you're so far away from the communities that you're part of and the communities that you care for. You've kind of been transplanted in this in this ecosystem at Oxford, and it can be tough to stay engaged and feel like you're still making an impact in those communities. But I think you touched on how issues are interconnected. Um, I think diversity in politics is something that's really important. So I really value all the work that you're doing. I think in Canada, at least, it was very interesting seeing the COVID-19 response in terms of out of the 14 provinces, seven were led by female health ministers, which was really fascinating to see um, how, how their response was uh, very positively taken and, and many individuals commended commended them. So I think that diversity aspect is so key. And, and when it does occur, it can have amazing uh amazing um, impact in political landscapes and countries, but I guess largely also just speaking about the interconnectedness of some of the issues that we're facing. I know for me being at the Oxford Internet Institute and having an interest in some of the ethical and social aspects of technology, I've also seen during this time, during this pandemic, many underlying issues come to the surface in terms of how news is filtered online, how bias is embedded in technologies, the agendas that are set by leaders of governments and how we can battle misinformation, whether that is about COVID or vaccines or generally other issues um, that are scientific issues, but that are obscured and obfuscated by misinformation online. Um, so for me, it's really showed how the internet plays a pivotal role and continues to play a pivotal role on how we access information, but then also the inequities relating to accessibility of the internet, uh, connectivity and digital exclusion. And just to jump off of that, I think it's been exciting to see the ways in which so many people have been able to use technology and use the internet to actually counter misinformation, particularly back in locales that they care about. I want to sort of just highlight the work that Rhodes Scholars actually have done here at Oxford, organizing uh, protests in the university against the new farm laws in India and the sort of crackdown that's happened against farmers in the national capital and in other parts of the country, particularly in Punjab, and how solidarity has been created across borders and how that's allowed for these moments of coming together, making a difference, and actually using the space that we have here, this this space of privilege where people will listen to what we say more than they will to what others have to say to to really drive a point home. And it's been quite fascinating to see individuals from the community take the lead and really bridge that divide between what it means to be abroad and work on issues here and what it means to still remain connected to what's happening in locales that you care about. Yeah, I feel like jumping off of that, um, with COVID, I think it's really highlighted a lot of like fractures within existing systems that we know were there, but with COVID it's just amplified. Um, and the kind of work that's been done in Malaysia, and I think around the world as well, is with regards to dom- like domestic violence, interpersonal violence, and how um, that has just increased tremendously with COVID. 
And I was just having a class um, a couple of days ago talking about IPV, interpersonal violence, about we know that cases are rising um, during COVID, but at the same time, in some places, reporting is decreasing. So people might misunderstand that as saying cases are decreasing, but no, it's just the fact that people are not accessing healthcare services anymore. So I noticed a lot of work um, in Malaysia against, um, against politicians not really caring for these kind of issues. So raising these voices, raising these platforms, uh, raising these spaces for people to openly talk about this is such a taboo topic to begin with anyways. I think also with COVID-19, it opens up a lot of space for activism and advocacy and for a lot of people to get involved, right? There are so, so many issues and there's so many ways that, um, so many things that we can do. At the same time, it can feel very um, immobilizing because you just see all these huge things. But I think some things we need to realize is that in our little ways, um, that we can like our small our small ripples create a bigger impact in the larger picture of things and i think recognizing that small small actions can lead to big big changes is also really important i just want to jump in there zati because i think what you said about covid just amplifying existing fractures is so important and the small bits that we can work on making a big difference is also really important i want to bring up a small example that happened over the course of this pandemic. I think I, like most others, was rage tweeting throughout the pandemic about the complete ineffectiveness of the government in doing anything to support people. And one of the tweets that went viral, which I am very glad for, was one that was about tampons and pads not being classified as essential products in India. And it was the most bizarre thing, which only happens when only men are sitting at the decision-making table, where factories were not allowed to produce sanitary pads. And we were at the brink of having a sanitary pad shortage in the middle of a pandemic in India. And it was one tweet that went viral that sort of just had thousands of tweets latching onto it and led to, <clears throat> within the next day, the sort of minister tweeting out being like, oh, they're now included in essential products category. And that was just an example of the, the many ways in which tiny actions have really been able to get so much done during this pandemic, because even though our governments have been completely inept across the board, wherever we are, they've also been more accountable than ever before because people are demanding answers and people are demanding that they do some work because this is a crisis that we've realized nobody can fix except our elected representatives. No, yeah, I agree. This is the thing with the internet as well, Manpreet. I feel like it's tying all of these together. Um, internet plus COVID has created this ecosystem where people are more actively engaging and demanding for things from their government and asking for more transparency and accountability. And I think this is a very unique time in our lives and in history where we see more um, we see more back and forth between the public as amorphous as it is and the people who are in power because they have to make all these big decisions and the people feel that it impacts their lives on the day-to-day -day and people are asking for more and demanding for more and I think that's super powerful. I think you're, you're so right about how you know these online platforms um, allow for those small ripple effects and 
or those ripple effects that end up, you know, having large impacts and the nature of political movements now moving online has allowed perhaps more diversity um, from some some aspects, but then also perhaps underlying inequities that are amplified as well. I think when you mentioned that earlier point about how um, it, it has really amplified fractures in society, I was reminded of uh, a Rhodes Scholar alum from 1979, James Hildreth, who's the 12th president and CEO of the largest private an independent historically black academic health sciences center in the U.S. Um, he spoke very poignantly about the disproportionate impact that the virus and, and the pandemic has had on African-American and minority communities in the U.S. And when I think about Canada as well, um, even though we have a fantastic healthcare system, there are many inequities that still, still disproportionately negatively impact communities of color, um, black Canadians and indigenous Canadians. And I think this pandemic has also really amplified those gaps and showcased what steps need to be taken um, to address some of these underlying inequities that have always existed, but now have become uh, definitely at the forefront. I think uh, this, this conversation today has showed that extending across research, public policy, philanthropy, advocacy, and community volunteering, Rhodes Scholars have risen to the occasion to help their communities. So that's a wrap on this episode, and thank you for joining us.